Howdy, everyone, and happy Easter. For past thousand years on Easter Sunday, someone like me would say to someone like you, he is risen, and you would respond back, he is risen indeed. And so we're going to do that right now, and I can hear you. I'm going to say he is risen. You respond back, he is risen indeed. He is risen. Yes, he has indeed, and yet this is super weird, right? It is so bizarre to be celebrating Easter at home. If you're a church-going person, you are used to maybe getting some new fancy clothes, maybe a massive Easter egg hunt in your neighborhood with family and friends, a big meal together, and none of that can happen this year, which is just crazy. It's crazy to be doing Easter online. For most of us, this is the first time we'd be celebrating Easter online? Crazy. In social isolation, all wondering about our own health, wondering about the health of our loved ones, wondering about our economic situation, wondering when we're ever going to return back to normal. This is really weird. And for many of you, maybe you've done the Easter egg and candy thing of Easter, but you never really stopped to think about what Easter means. But we're in the middle of a pandemic, and all of us find ourselves thinking about doing things we've never done before. There's a phrase I've heard it bantered around often over the last number of weeks. It's, I don't have a category for this. You know, we'll make a statement like this, when we're trying to understand our experience, and we, we work through our minds to understand and put into categories things we've experienced before, before, but when we can't put something into a category, we get a little bit unnerved. A lot of times we'll use that phrase when someone does something stupid, right? So I thought about drying out my hamster by putting it in a microwave, like, I don't have a category for that kind of stupidity, right? That's just crazy. But I talked to a World War II vet a number of weeks ago, 90-year-old guy who says, I don't have a category for COVID-19. And when he says that, I get a little bit nervous, right? Because I think for all of us, we're trying to sort this pandemic out. And we don't have categories for what we're experiencing. Easter, COVID-19, this is really weird. And maybe that's okay. Because those who encountered Easter the first year also didn't have a category for what they experienced. And so whether you've celebrated Easter your whole life or this is the first time you're thinking about Easter. Maybe there's something in the Easter account that can help us and give us hope. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 23. Electronic Bible, get a paper copy. Maybe you don't have a Bible, that's cool too. Just sit and listen, but eat Luke chapter 23. And here's what's cool about Luke. Luke was a doctor, a medical doctor, and he decided to write down an account as a medical doctor about what was happening in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. 
And so we can go to his account, Luke chapter 23, and look at this story. Now, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at the not-so-familiar or famous people in the Easter account. We all know the famous people, like Jesus and the disciples and Pilate who put Jesus to death and the soldiers that guarded Jesus' tomb and certainly the Easter bunny, you know, right there in Luke chapter 23. But let's look at the not-so-familiar or famous characters of the Easter story, and there's this group called the women that Luke brings up, the women. And he says that the women heard that Jesus was sentenced to death, and they weeped, and they mourned. It says they followed him, and they watched him crucified. They saw it with their own eyes. They watched as he took his last breath. They were eyewitnesses. They heard Jesus with their own ears say, Father, into my hands, into your hands I commit my spirit. They heard all of that and experienced it firsthand. If you were there to witness firsthand the death of the historic man, Jesus of Nazareth, what would you think? How would you feel? Well, Luke 23 verse 47 gives us some insight into how people reacted to Jesus' death on a cross. It says in verse 47, the centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breast and went away. But all those who knew Jesus, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. We're told these women knew Jesus, and they stood at a distance watching what was going on. Now, who are these women that keep getting brought up in Luke's account? He tells us earlier in Luke 8 that Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. He's talking about the hope there is in God's kingdom. It says that the twelve were with Jesus and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. So you have this mix of women who've had their lives changed by Jesus. He healed them, and it changed their lives so radically that they left everything to follow Jesus, changed their lives so radically that they used their money to bankroll Jesus' ministry. These women loved Jesus. And now they followed him and they watched with their own eyes him nailed to a cross, suffer. Luke says they stood at a distance watching him die. Now, when someone you love dies, what does that make you feel? If the person you love suffers and then dies, what do you do? I mean, if this is happening to someone you love, and you watch them suffer and die, man, what does that do to you? And how do you think and feel? A man named Joseph took Jesus' body down from the cross. This guy Joseph wrapped Jesus in a linen cloth and placed dead Jesus in a tomb. And verse 55 says, the women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices 
and perfumes. But they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. They had experienced real life change through Jesus. They decided to follow him. They supported his ministry. They watched him live and die, and they saw his cold, dead body put into a tomb. Now these women do the next right thing because they had a category for death. There's no funeral directors in the ancient world, and so they get together spices and perfumes. They're planning to go to the tomb and clean Jesus' body. It was a way of respecting someone they love. These women cared for Jesus in life, and now they're going to care for Jesus in death. Sure, they were sad. Sure, there was grief. There was doubt. There were questions. But they had a category for death and what they do when someone dies. Jesus was alive. They loved and followed him, cared for him. Now he's dead. They're going to care for him and wait till Sunday in obedience to God's commands to visit his tomb. Luke 24, verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. Verse 5, in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Say, what? Like, are you tracking with this? They saw him nailed to a cross. They saw him put into a grave dead. And they have a category for alive and dead. But they don't have a category for, I go to the graveyard of my dead friend. I watched him put in the grave. Now I'm going to visit him and the grave is open and the body is missing. They have no category for this. They have no category for an angel saying, hey guys, why are you here looking for him? He's alive. We don't have categories for this. We only have two categories, all of us. We have a category called life and a category called death. When you're alive, there's laughing and crying, there's learning, there's growing, there's living, there's breathing, and then there's death, where there's no laughing and crying, no growing and learning, no living, no breathing. All you're left with when someone dies is grief and the memory of the person who left you. But these women discovered this morning that Easter creates a third category, that there is life and death and new life that Jesus was alive, and Jesus was dead, and now Jesus has a new life, a resurrected life, life after death, which just blows up our categories, right? We don't have categories for this. See, our only two categories is we're going to fight to stay alive, and we're going to fear death. That's our natural, normal category. So we're going to spend all kinds of time and money with vitamins and health programs and 
doctor's visits. We're going to do everything we can to stay young and stay healthy and stay vibrant and avoid death. That's what we do. It's why my older friends say they have to retire. They don't have to retire because they don't want to work anymore, but they have like 78 doctor's appointments a week. And so they have to be retired in order to go to all their doctor's appointments because there's only two categories, life and avoiding death. Or when someone you love is about to die, you can see them fighting. Because if there's only two categories of life and death, you're going to fight to hold on. That's why these sincere women, godly women, show up at the grave of Jesus to give him a proper burial. And the angels say, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Remember how Jesus told you while he was still with you in Galilee. Son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day raise again. Then they remembered Jesus' words. Jesus told them that this was going to happen. He said, I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again. And there's no category for that. So they're not thinking they're going to take him seriously. So when they saw his real death, they went and did what was natural and normal. They went to look for dead Jesus at his tomb because dead things stay dead. That was their only category. But what happens if there is now a new category, new life? I mean, that's a game changer for everyone. Here's reality. Everyone listening and watching me right now, you're alive. Like, check if you want. Like, I think you're alive, right? Like, you little mirror under your nose. Yeah, you're breathing. You're alive. All of us are alive, but we're not always going to be alive. There's no way out of death. It's coming for us all. And the Bible says in Hebrews 9, people are destined to die once, and after that, to face judgment. Every one of us. We're going to die. It's a reality. We can't get away from it. And what the Bible teaches is that when we die, we will stand before our Creator who will judge our lives. What are you going to say to Him on that day? What are you going to say to God when He's holy and perfect and just in all His ways and He knows everything about you? From the moment you came into the world to the moment you exited the world, he knows everything about you. What are you going to say to him? You know, God, I, I did some really good things. Yeah, look at all these bad things I did, but do you see all the good things I did? Is, is that what you're going to say to him? Are you going to say to the judge who's perfect, I was really religious. I did really religious things. I practiced my religion in a really sincere way. God's like, my standard is perfection, and you're not perfect. So when we stand before him, it will be like you died once, a physical death, and now you're standing before the holy judge, and he's perfect in all his ways. And our death sentence then will be a spiritual death sentence that will go on forever. You see, if all you have is life plus death, then all you have is dead hope. I mean, you might as well, if it's just two categories, life and death, 
And you might as well just enjoy life and hold on as long as you can. Because when you die, Jesus describes our death spiritually as eternal darkness, where there's forever weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, the Bible talks about these things not to scare us, but to sober us up to the reality that there is another category that we often ignore, that there is a life after death. And Easter brings this category to our forefront to show us that there is new life possible, that Jesus lived and Jesus died and Jesus rose again to new life, to give us this new category that there is life plus Jesus and death, which equals living hope, that when I add Jesus into the equation of this experience on planet Earth, when I look at Jesus and embrace Him by faith, when I say, I need you, Jesus, change me from the inside, when I add Him into the equation of my life now, that when I die, I will be spiritually alive. Yes, I will face physical death, but I will be spiritually alive forever, that there is hope beyond the grave. So I know many of you have heard John 3.16 before, but I would say most of you have not heard John 3.16 in the middle of a pandemic. Listen, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Jesus shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Jesus is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Real forgiveness, real peace is found in Jesus' name. Did you catch that one line? That when you place your faith in Jesus, when you believe in Jesus, you will not perish, but eternal life is yours forever. Here's the deal. In this life, you can live apart from God. I mean, honestly, you can ignore God. You can reject God. You can enjoy adventure and romance. You can work hard and play hard. And you can do it all without God. You can say, God, I don't need you. And in a lot of ways, that's His common grace and goodness. You can do that in this life. But if in this life you ignore and reject Him, then the other side of death into new life, you'll get what you wanted. You didn't want God in life on planet Earth, and you won't have Him in death forever apart from Him with no light, no love, just darkness forever. God loves you way too much to condemn you to dead hope. He sent Jesus to give us living hope. It's why Jesus lived and died and lived again to offer you and me the chance of life with God forever on the other side of the grave. 
So man, if you never put your trust in Jesus before, maybe you never had a reason to, maybe you just have two categories, life and death, and you're hearing for the first time, there's new life available. Maybe you put your hope in religion, but right now you find yourself anxious. You find yourself afraid. You find yourself ashamed of your sin and questioning. Listen to Jesus. He says, come to me. All you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls now and forever. Man, we'd love to talk to you about a relationship with Jesus. You don't have to talk to us. You can just talk to your Father in heaven and confess to Him and ask Him to forgive you, and He will. But if you have questions about this, we'd love to answer those questions. You can chat with someone right now online or send us an email, and someone this week will call you and talk to you and pray with you and encourage you about a relationship with Jesus. Please, if you don't have a relationship with Him, today can be the day that you have hope in Jesus, maybe for the first time. But here's the deal. To fully understand and appreciate new life, you must also understand and appreciate death. Not a morbid fixation or fascination, no, but listen to Solomon. Solomon's the wisest man who ever lived, the Bible says. In Ecclesiastes 7, Solomon says, it's better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting. For death is the destiny of everyone. The living should take this to heart. Solomon says it's better to go to a funeral than to a party. Why? Because we want to avoid funerals. We want to avoid death. We want to forget about it and not deal with it, not think about it. But he says, wait, you should actually think about death because it's a reality you can't get away from. So even today, right now, We can't have big Easter parties. We we can't have big Easter egg hunts. We're in this pandemic. COVID-19 has taken things from us. We've stuck in isolation. Special events in school has been canceled. Some of our loved ones are dying to this pandemic or other illnesses. Today, in many ways in our world, feels more like a funeral than a resurrection party. We fear losing our own health. We fear losing our income. We're fearing the loss of normalcy, and we wonder when anything is going to change. COVID-19 is killing everything. This is really hard, but this is really true. Listen, for us to gain new life, we must go through death. This isn't just a spiritual reality. This is a reality for the here and now, that God is hardwired into this universe. Things are alive, things die, things come to life again. I'll explain. So back in 2008, I was raising a young family and didn't have a lot of money, but I was driving this really sweet 1994 Ford Astrovan. I mean, this was a sweet ride, awesome car, but it dies. And I don't have money to get a new car, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? Somebody from church calls me and says, I have a new car for you. And it's another 1994, and I'm thinking, what's this thing going to be like? 
and I find out that it's a 1994 Cadillac Sedan DeVille. And here's a picture of me driving home with it the first time I pulled into my driveway. I mean, this was a super sweet hoopty, rag top, gold trim, leather seats. I mean, this 1994 Cadillac rocked. I mean, incredible. You could put like 30 people across the front seat. I mean, it was super, super great. But guess what? Two years later, the air conditioning goes. You have to use two feet to push the brakes. Nothing starts to fall, to fall apart, and it's just struggling. And it's 18 years old at this point and not worth the money, so my sweet ride has to go to the junkyard. And I could fight and hold on. I could dump more money into that caddy where I could embrace the fact that there are new cars, then cars get old and die, and they're replaced with another new car. And it's the way God's hardwired this universe. Before Jesus ever died on a cross, while he walked on planet Earth, he died a thousand deaths. Jesus had to die to his pride to obey his earthly parents. Jesus had to die to all kinds of temptations, the same temptations you face. Jesus had to die to the temptation of living a normal carpenter's life, instead go into ministry. Jesus had to die to the pride and desire to live in comfort and had to go to a cross to submit to his own Father. Before Jesus died on a cross, he had to die while he lived on planet Earth. He had to go through death, and we must go through death. We can't put a smiley face on COVID-19. This is hard. This is tragic. This is difficult. This isn't easy. It's a funeral of sorts. But on the the other side of this COVID-19 pandemic, there's hope. In Jesus, there is hope. On the other side of the grave, there is hope. There is new life on the other side of disappointment, new life on the other side of death. For some of us, Easter means we have to put to death some of our sinful decisions. There are people watching right now who have said they're followers of Jesus Christ. And remember when following Jesus was fun and there was a new car smell and feel to walking with Jesus and obeying Jesus, but that new car smell is dead and gone and your Cadillac is broken down and rusty and it's time to put to death some old chapters and experience new life by killing sin and lifestyle choices you're making that puts God on the back burner. It's time to pursue new life. And when you put to death sinful choices and lifestyles, there's hope on the other side of death. For some of us, Easter means putting to death our pride and asking for help with an addiction, with anxiety, with some hang-up or some fear. And when you put to death your pride and ask for help, on the other side of that death is new life. For some of us, Easter means we have to grieve a relationship that's broken. I mean, maybe you've done something to someone in the past where you've hurt them. Put to death your pride. Confess where you made mistakes and ask for forgiveness. Maybe you've been hurt by someone. 
Put to death your pride and forgive because on the other side of the death of your pride is the chance for new life and reconciliation and a new relationship. For some, this Easter means we have to grieve life before COVID-19. See, it would be easy to go, I just want to go back to life before all this pandemic thing started. Here's the reality. The longer we're in this, you see it and you feel it and you know it. There's no going back. Life is going to be different. There are opportunities on the other side of this pandemic. But if you try to hold on and say, I just wanted to go back to the way it used to be, that's not possible. That's not realistic. It's time to put that to death and say, I will move forward into new life. You see, these women had no category for life after death. They only had dead or alive. And Jesus rose from the dead to give you and me new life. Do you only have two categories? For you, is there only I'm alive or I'm dead? Something is either living or dead, or is it possible that new life can come through Christ so that rather than fearing death or seeking death, we can accept death, we can grieve, we can weep, we can lament and say this is a part of living, knowing that on the other side there is hope in Christ. When I put my hope in Jesus, the resurrected King, He forgives me. He gives me peace with God. And I'm guaranteed life now and life forever. When I put my hope in Jesus, He puts His Spirit in me. And His Spirit gives me power. Power to say no to sin. Power to say I'm sorry. Power to say I forgive you. Power to say it's really hard to say goodbye to old things and old dreams, but give me the power. He can give you the power to say yes to new beginnings, new hopes, and new dreams. When you put your hope in Jesus Christ, there's hope after COVID-19. There's hope that we're going to make it through this. There's hope that there's going to be new opportunities and new fresh grace to experience new things in the days ahead. And we don't have to be afraid. Do you want living hope today? You see, science, science can inform you, but science can never give you living hope. Money, success, fame, health, They can give you hope for a season, but money and success and health dies and leaves you empty. You know, religion, rituals, they promise hope, but leave you feeling empty and dead. Do you want living hope? Because his name is Jesus. He's the only source of living hope in this life and in the life to come. Would you pray with me? God, today across the world, we're suffering a pandemic and we're struggling. People are celebrating Easter 
in all kinds of places and all kinds of ways, but we're all struggling with COVID-19, making this Easter feel more like a funeral than a party. And yet as we sit in this difficulty, as we sit in the confusion and the doubt, we weep, we mourn, we grieve, we struggle, we wrestle. If you are real, Jesus, and if you rose again from the dead, then there's new life available. And so I believe you rose again from the dead. You have given me new life. There have been moments where I've had to put to death certain things in my pride in my past to experience new life now. And that just reminds us that there is death that's going to come for all of us and give us new life for you, with you forever. So please help us, God. There's someone here listening, watching, that's never put their trust in you. God, help them to know today all they have to do is call out to you and you will forgive them and you'll give them peace. All they have to do is confess to you they need you and you'll rush into their life and give them hope beyond the grave and hope this side of heaven. God, help us as individuals to realize that death is a normal part of life. Show us ways that we need to say goodbye to old patterns or old hang-ups, maybe old lifestyles, to say yes to new things that you want to do in us. You are the living Christ, and you can change us now and forever. We count on you. We love you. We trust you. We believe in you. Help us, King Jesus, as we work through this pandemic. Help our nation and our coworkers and our healthcare professionals and our first responders. Help everyone that's struggling with this, that we might come to the other side of this and see new life that you have promised for us that comes through Christ our Lord. We pray this in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen.